I would like to dedicate this book to Ike. Magic Treehouse number 48, A Merlin Mission, A Perfect Time for Pandas by Mary Pope Osborne. Chapter 1, The Fourth Thing. Jack heard knocking on his door. Teddy and Kathleen were knocking. They were calling to him. He had to help them save Penny. Jack tried to cross his room, but his legs wouldn't move. He couldn't get to the door. The knocking grew louder. Jack, his dad called. Jack opened his eyes. Where was he? Jack, get up. School, came his dad's voice. What a dream, thought Jack. He quickly sat up in bed. He'd overslept. Jack, are you awake? said his dad, peeking into his room. Yep, thanks, dad, said Jack. Better hurry, said Jack's dad. He closed the door. Jack hopped out of bed. Where's Annie, he wondered. They had planned to go to the treehouse before school. Today was the day to find the fourth thing to save Penny. Jack pulled on his jeans and a t-shirt and rushed out of his room. Annie charged out of her room at the same moment. We overslept, she said. No kidding, said Jack. Hurry, we have to get to the treehouse before school starts. I know, said Annie. Annie and Jack charged down the steps. They rushed into the kitchen. Good morning, sleepyheads, their mom said. You have just enough time for breakfast. I made you egg sandwiches. Thanks, Mom, said Jack. But would you mind if we take them with us? We have to head to school early. We have a special project. You guys really seem to love school, their dad said. Yep, school's great, said Jack. Their mom wrapped up their sandwiches and put them in a paper bag. She handed the bag to Annie. You two have a good day, she said. Thanks, Mom, said Annie. Jack and Annie hurried to the front door and stepped outside into the moist spring air. We have exactly 25 minutes before we have to head to school, Jack said. No problem, said Annie. Hold on. She put their sandwiches in Jack's backpack. Okay, let's go. They raced across their yard and charged up the sidewalk. They ran across the street and headed into the Frog Creek woods. They ran between trees full of new green leaves until they came to the tallest oak. The magic treehouse was high up in the branches. Annie grabbed the rope ladder and started up. Jack followed. Inside the treehouse, they both sat on the floor, catching their breath. Whew, it's all still here, gasped Annie. Dusty rays of morning light shone through the treehouse window onto the three things they had already found to help Teddy and Kathleen. A rose carved out of an emerald from India a dried white and yellow flower from the Swiss Alps, and a goose feather quill pen from President Abraham Lincoln. I hope Teddy and Kathleen were able to translate the last part of the rhyme, said Jack. Do we have a new note? They both looked around the treehouse. Aha, said Annie. She pointed to a book and a small scroll lying in the corner. Jack picked up the book and Annie grabbed the scroll. Interesting, said Jack. He showed the cover of the book to Annie. Cool. China, said Annie. We've been there before, said Jack. Remember the emperor who burned the books and tried to have us killed? That was more than 2,000 years ago, said Annie. Maybe we're going to a different time now. Annie unrolled their scroll and read aloud. Dear Jack and Annie, we haven't yet finished translating the last lines of the secret rhyme to reverse the statue spell Teddy cast on Penny. But we do know the fourth object we need to break the spell. And we know that, that it can be found in southwest China. It is 
a healthy food, grainy and good, baked with love, tough as wood, round in shape, the color of sand, given to those who have lost their land. Once you have found the last object, please hurry to Camelot. Morgan and Merlin will return by break of day tomorrow. Teddy and Kathleen. Healthy food in China, said Annie. That shouldn't be hard to find. But don't you think it sounds kind of weird, said Jack? How can anyone eat something that's tough as wood? Good question, said Annie. But we'll have fun looking for it. I love the food we get with Mom and Dad at Chinatown Palace, don't you? Yeah, but said Jack. Okay, said Annie. Now, did Teddy and Kathleen send a potion or anything else magical to help us? Jack looked around the treehouse again. There, he said. A small glass bottle glinted in a shadowy corner. Jack picked it up and he and Annie stepped to the window and read the writing on the bottle's label. Use only once. Take one sip and grow to five times your size. The magic lasts for one hour. Five times our size, said Jack. That would make us about as tall as a house. Talk about weird, said Annie. Yeah, <clears throat> but it actually sounds like fun, said Jack. More fun than when we became teeny tiny in India, asked Annie. After we saw the cobras? Lots more, said Jack, especially if we have to get away from cobras again. He put the rhyme and the tiny bottle into his backpack, then took a deep breath. Okay. All set? Ready, said Annie. Jack pointed to the cover of the guidebook. I wish we could go there, he said. The wind started to blow. The treehouse started to spin. It spun faster and faster. Then everything was still. Absolutely still. Chapter 2, Silly Food. It was daylight outside. A rooster crowed in the distance. The air was damp and cool. Good. It's really early, said Jack, so we have a whole day and night until break of day tomorrow to do our mission. Perfect, said Annie. And look, we get to wear our own clothes for once. Oh, man, said Jack. He was still in his jeans and t-shirt, and his backpack was still a backpack. Is that a mistake? Jack and Annie looked out the window together. Mountains rose majestically above the town they had landed in. The treehouse was in the tallest tree in a grove at the edge of a quiet street. Along the street were shops and other buildings and a few cars. Cars, Jack said with relief. No mistake, said Annie. Our clothes didn't change because we came to China in modern times. Jack reached into his pocket and pulled out some paper money. Cool. My clothes didn't change, but my money changed from dollars to Chinese money. Perfect, said Annie. She looked out the window again and read some signs from the buildings. Wulong Town Bank, Wulong Town School, Wulong Town Bicycle Shop. I think we landed in Wulong Town. Wow, said Jack. How did you figure that out? Annie laughed. So let's go look for some Wulong Town food. Okay, but the food we have to find doesn't sound like normal food, said Jack. Grainy and good, but tough as wood? Annie smiled. You always find something to worry about, she said. Come on. Annie headed down the treehouse ladder. Jack packed away their book in his backpack and followed her. Together, they stepped out from the grove of trees and headed down a busy sidewalk. Vendors were setting up stalls to sell crafts and pottery. Some girls and boys were passing by, carrying book bags. 
They were dressed in jeans, t-shirts, and sweatshirts. See, kids just like us, on their way to school, said Annie. Except we took a detour to have breakfast halfway around the world, said Jack. Speaking of breakfast, how about going there? Annie pointed to a restaurant with tables outside. Garden Paradise, Jack said, reading the sign. Sounds like a good place to start. Jack and Annie crossed the street to the restaurant. Tables were set up near potted bamboo plants. A waiter poured tea for someone reading a newspaper. Jack glanced at the front page of the paper and saw the date. It's May 12th, 2008, he said. Cool, said Annie. The waiter nodded at Jack and Annie. Then he led them to a table that had two small bowls on it. Green tea, he asked, or yak butter tea? Jack and Annie answered together. Green! The waiter laughed and came back with a teapot. He poured pale green tea into two small bowls. Then he gave Jack and Annie menus and went to check on other customers. Yak butter tea, Jack said. I don't think so. Annie giggled as she looked at her menu. Hmm, how about some green bean jelly? I don't think so. Jack scanned his menu. Aha, what about chicken feet? Ooh, said Annie. Okay, how about this? Jack said gleefully. Fried stinky tofu. Ooh, said Jack and Annie together. They laughed loudly and Annie nearly fell out of her chair. Jack saw the waiter frowning at them from across the garden. Shh, Jack said. We're being rude. Sorry, sorry, Annie whispered in the direction of the waiter. We have funny-sounding food at home, too, she said to Jack. Like hot dogs? Oh, yeah. How about sour cream, said Jack, or squash? Ah, squash, Annie laughed. Okay, okay, let's get serious now, said Jack. We have a mission. He took the little scroll from his pack, unrolled it, and read, A healthy food, grainy and good, baked with love, tough as wood, round in shape, the color of sand, given to those who have lost their land. It's a riddle, said Annie. It is, said Jack. Maybe we should just ask the waiter for help. He waved politely in the waiter's direction. When the waiter came to the table, he gave them a tight smile, are you ready to order now? He asked. Actually, we have some questions, said Jack. The waiter nodded. Do you serve food that's the color of sand? Annie asked. The waiter stared at her. Jack felt awkward. Or, um, food that's like, um, as tough as wood? He said. Food like sand and wood, the waiter said. Not exactly, Jack said. Are you trying to be funny? The waiter interrupted. He gave Jack a fierce look. Sinking down in his chair, Jack shook his head. Well, the answer is no, said the waiter. We do not have such silly food. Oh, okay, said Jack. Is there something else you would like? The waiter asked. No, thanks, said Jack. He could feel his face turning red. The waiter slapped their check on the table and walked away. Whoa, we should leave, said Jack, standing up. He looked at the check then took a 20-yawn note out of his pocket and left it on the table. Come on. He walked quickly around the tables to the exit. Annie hurried after him. Back on the sidewalk, Jack sighed. So where do we go to look for this weird food now? Maybe the guidebook can help us, Annie said. Maybe, said Jack. He pulled out their book and looked up Wulong Town in the index. He turned to a page and read aloud. Wulong means sleeping dragon. 
Wulong Town is inside the Wulong National Nature Reserve, which is circled by a mountain range called the Sleeping Dragon. According to legend, a dragon fell in love with the beauty of the mountains and trees. He curled around them to take a nap and never woke up. That's cool, said Annie. Yeah, but it doesn't help us, said Jack. He read more. Wulong Reserve is home to rare Asian animals such as giant pandas, golden snub-nosed monkeys, white-lipped deer, and... Wait! Back up, said Annie. Did you say giant pandas? Yes, said Jack. Oh my gosh, said Annie. She covered her heart with her hands. My life's dream has finally come true. What life's dream, said Jack, looking at her. Pandas? Yes, I've always wanted to see real pandas up close. Haven't you? said Annie. She took the guidebook and flipped through the pages until she found photos of pandas. She read aloud. In 1980, the Conservation and Research Center for the Giant Panda was set up in the Wulong Reserve to be a safe haven for the animals. A panda center! We have to go there, said Annie. Now! Wait! Wait, said Jack. We have a mission. Why are you acting so crazy about pandas? I can't help it, said Annie. All my life I've wanted to meet real pandas. Remember my two stuffed animals, Rolly and Polly? I love them so much. You know that. Okay, okay, but we have to stick to our mission, Jack said. We have lots of time to find that special food, said Annie. Wulong has other restaurants. It can't be that hard to find a weird food. Hey, I have a good idea. She gave the guidebook back to Jack, then started off. Come with me. Wait, stop. Where are you going? Jack said. We passed a bicycle shop earlier, Annie called over her shoulder. I'll bet they rent bikes. What? Are you crazy? Jack put their book away and walked after her. Where is this panda center? He called. We might not have enough time to get there and back and complete our mission. Plus, renting bikes costs money. We don't know how much. Let's find out, said Annie. She started running up the street to the Wulong Town Bicycle Shop. Chapter 3, The Sleeping Dragon Oh, brother, thought Jack, hurrying after Annie. By the time he entered the bike shop, she was already talking with the man who worked there. Good news, Annie said, rushing over to Jack. He says we can get to the Panda Center on mountain bikes, and it's 30 yuan a day per bike. Did he say how long it takes to get there? Asked Jack. Not too long, said Annie. She clapped her hands. Her eyes were shining. Jack, I can't believe this. Annie was so excited about the Panda Center that Jack just couldn't say no. He reached into his pocket and took out three 20 yuan notes and gave them to the shopkeeper. The man handed Jack and Annie their helmets. It's a beautiful ride up the mountain, but be very careful, he said as Annie put her helmet on. Thanks. See you later, said Annie. She grabbed a blue mountain bike and steered it out of the store. Be very careful, the man called after her again. Very careful of what, wondered Jack. But tucking his helmet under his arm, he grabbed a red bike and followed Annie. So the bike guy told me to go up this street and turn left onto the highway, Annie said. Then we just stay on it until we come to the Panda Center. Cool. How far away is it? Asked Jack as he put on his helmet. He snapped the strap under his chin. Not far. Just five or six miles, said Annie. What? Said Jack. Don't worry. We can do it. Easy. Annie pushed off and pedaled away. To Panda Paradise, she shouted, zooming up the street. Five or six miles, muttered Jack. 
up a mountain? Great. He got on his bike and followed Annie. She reached the end of the street and turned left onto the highway. Jack hurried to catch up. As he pedaled up the highway, he glanced at the scenery. On one side of the road was a steep mountain slope. It was covered with fir trees and bushes with purple and pink flowers. On the other side of the road was a steep drop down into a river valley. The river sparkled with sunlight as it rushed through green farmland. More cloud-covered mountains loomed in the distance. A blue bus suddenly roared past. Jack almost lost his balance. Good grief, he said. That was close. Then a car that looked like a taxi flew by. This is definitely not safe, Jack said aloud. How could he have let Annie talk him into riding bikes on a highway? They should have taken a bus or a taxi, or better yet, not gone at all. Annie, Jack shouted. She was so far ahead that he could barely see her. Annie, Jack yelled again as loudly as he could. Slow down, Annie, slow down. Annie rounded a sharp curve and disappeared from sight. Jack stood up on his pedals and pumped with all his might. He imagined Annie veering into the path of a vehicle or driving off the cliff. When Jack finally came around the curve, he saw Annie up ahead, waiting beside the road. A big grin lit up her face. Thank goodness you're okay, she called. I was worried about you. Jack rode to her and stopped his bike. This road isn't safe, you know, said Annie. You're telling me, said Jack, panting. But I can understand how that dragon felt. Can't you, said Annie. It's so beautiful. Jack caught his breath and looked around. Yeah, it is, he said. But how much farther do we have to go? We can't forget about our mission. I don't think it's much farther. Come on, we'll hurry, said Annie. She climbed back onto her bike. I'll go first, said Jack. Let's stay together and keep as close as we can to the side of the road. I'm serious, Annie. He gripped his handlebars and started pedaling again. Leading the way, Jack hugged the side of the road. He glanced back a couple of times to make sure Annie was doing the same. As they struggled uphill, huffing and puffing, a light rain started to fall. Mist gradually descended over the valley and the highway as they biked higher and higher up the mountain. More vehicles roared by, but Jack tried to ignore them. He couldn't believe they were biking up a mountain on a Chinese highway in foggy weather. Finally, Jack and Annie came to a sign that said, Conservation and Research Center for the Giant Panda. Yay, we're here, said Annie. The rain had stopped. Jack was wet, exhausted, and out of breath. I hope you're, you're happy, he said. Annie gave Jack a big smile. I am, she said, totally. The Panda Center was nestled between two tall mountains. It was on the far side of a narrow river. A small bridge crossed the river to the entrance gate. Near the gate, a group of grown-ups was waiting to go inside. Jack and Annie rode to the parking lot and parked their bikes next to a small blue bus. They took off their helmets and hung them from their handlebars. Oh no, cried Annie. She pointed to the Panda Center sign. At the bottom, it said, no one under 18 admitted unless accompanied by an adult. I don't believe it, said Jack. We came all this way for nothing? He had to admit he was secretly relieved. Now they could get back to their mission. I can't accept this, said Annie. We have to get in there. Your attention, please. Everyone, a woman in a uniform called to the group waiting outside the gate. Let go listen, said Annie. She ran across the bridge. Annie, Jack called. 
He sighed and then hurried after her. They stood at the back of the little crowd. My name is Dr. Ling, the young Chinese woman said to the group. Welcome to the largest giant panda reserve in the world. This is a place for scientists and animal protectors. That's me, Annie said, animal protector. Several people looked at Annie as if they were wondering who she was. Oh, brother, thought Jack. Good, Dr. Ling said to Annie. Pandas are one of the most endangered species in the world. For at least three million years, they have lived in China's dense bamboo forests. Now those same forests are being cut down to make room for farms and roads. How many pandas are left? asked Annie. Throughout the world, only about 1,600 in the wild, said Dr. Ling. Today, the species is threatened with extinction. That's terrible, Annie said. Shh, said Jack. But Annie didn't. Shh. Can we save them, Dr. Ling? she asked. We hope so. We're working hard to do just that at the panda center, said Dr. Ling. We are responsible for about 200 pandas here. Many were rescued after an injury or illness, and many more were born here. Last year, we had 16 new babies. Wow, said Annie. While the Panda Center is not a place for tourists, said Dr. Ling, we do allow volunteers to come in and help us. So without further ado, let's all get suited up. Annie started walking with the crowd. Annie, come back, Jack whispered loudly. But Annie just signaled for Jack to follow her. Then she stepped boldly into the Conservation and Research Center for the Giant Panda. Chapter 4, Get Suited Up I don't believe her, Jack grumbled to himself. He had no choice but to follow Annie into the Panda Center. When he walked through the gate, he saw a group of low buildings with tree-covered mountains looming behind them. As Dr. Ling led the group along a stone path, Jack saw Annie talking to an elegant older woman with snow-white hair. He quickly caught up with him. He pulled on Annie's sleeve, but she kept talking to the woman. I've always loved them, Annie said. You too? My goodness, yes, the woman said. I've come all by myself from New York City to see them. That's great, said Annie. We've come all the way from Pennsylvania. What's your name? Sylvia, the woman answered. And yours? I'm Annie. This is my brother, Jack. Do you mind if we tag along with you, Sylvia? Said Annie. Of course not, said Sylvia. I'd be delighted. Great, Annie smiled at Jack. Dr. Ling led the group into one of the buildings and gave each person canvas coveralls, paper shoes, and rubber gloves. All volunteers must wear these over their clothes, she said. That way, we'll know you're here to help us. We're going to get caught, Jack whispered to Annie. Don't worry, she said. We actually are with an adult now. Jack shook his head, but he took off his pack and he and Annie each pulled on large bulky coveralls. They rolled up their sleeves and pant legs. Then they slid the paper shoes over their sneakers and tugged on the rubber gloves. We'll all go into the nursery first, said Dr. Lang. Annie grabbed Jack's arm. She looked like she might explode with happiness. Dr. Ling opened a door at the back of the room and herded everyone into the panda nursery. We have only one newborn panda cub now. As you walk by the incubator, take a quick peek. The group paraded slowly past the incubator. Almost everyone who peeked at the baby murmured with surprise. Jack quickly found out why. The newborn didn't look like a panda at all. It looked more like a fuzzy pink mouse. Incredible, said Jack. It's so teeny, whispered Annie. Yes, 
Sylvia whispered back. I've read that newborn pandas weigh less than half a pound, but they can grow into 250-pound bears. Whoa, whispered Jack. He and Annie walked with Sylvia out of the nursery. Now let's go meet some of our panda keepers, said Dr. Ling. She led the group over a stone walkway beside bamboo woods. Near a goldfish pond, several men in blue coveralls were waiting for them. These gentlemen are the panda keepers, said Dr. Ling. You volunteers will work in pairs in the different panda houses. Each pair will spend a little time helping take care of a panda. She pointed to Jack and Annie. You two go with Master Lee. He's Bing Bing's keeper. He'll take you to her house. I hope your grandmother doesn't mind. Sylvia smiled. Oh, I'm not, she started to say. Bye, Grandma, Annie said with a laugh. Sylvia laughed too, as if she thought Annie was making a joke, and she waved goodbye. See you later, Annie called. Then she grabbed Jack by the arm again and pulled him along after Master Lee. Master Lee was quiet and very serious looking. Without a word, he led Jack and Annie to Bing Bing's house. The panda's house was a giant cage with a door that opened into a yard. The yard was surrounded by a rock wall. Bing Bing lives by herself here, Master Lee said. She is an eight-year-old adult who joined us when she was quite small. When they entered the cage, Jack saw leaves and bamboo stalks scattered across the concrete floor. But there was no panda inside. Where's Bing Bing now? said Annie. Somewhere in her yard, said Master Lee. He grabbed two brooms from the corner. Jack and Annie looked through the bars at the yard. They saw trees and bushes, but no sign of a giant panda. She must have found a good hiding place, said Annie. Yes, I do not think you will see her today, Master Lee said matter-of-factly. Oh, no, said Annie. Can we look for her, asked Jack. No, Bing Bing is very shy. We have to respect that, said Master Lee. I'm going to get fresh bamboo now. You can clean her house by removing yesterday's uneaten bamboo stalks and sweeping the floor. He handed brooms to Jack and Annie. Is bamboo Bing Bing's favorite food? asked Jack. Yes, all pandas eat bamboo for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, said Master Lee. Wow, they must really love it, said Annie. Can humans eat bamboo too? Jack asked. If they tried, they would break their teeth. Master Lee answered without smiling. Only a creature with super strong jaws can eat bamboo. So it's very tough, said Jack, growing excited. Is it as tough as wood? Well, yes, said Master Lee. And I'll bet it's really healthy, too, said Annie. Uh, no, said Master Lee. Bamboo is not very nutritious. That's why a panda must eat a lot of it. Some pandas at the center eat 80 pounds a day. Oh, okay, said Annie, her shoulders sagging. And I guess it's not baked with love either, is it? Master Lee stared at Annie. He looked confused. No, of course not, he said. Darn, said Annie. Jack was embarrassed. Like the waiter in the restaurant, Master Lee must think we're really weird, he thought. Well, said Master Lee, shall we get to work now? Sure, said Annie. Sweep up the stalks as well as the panda waste said Master Lee. Then discard everything there. He pointed to a trash bin in the cage. Panda waste, said Jack. Yes, said Master Lee. Seeing Jack's expression, he added, it's not bad, I promise you. Their droppings look like little dry straw baskets. Jack looked around. He saw what he thought Master Lee was talking about. It didn't look that bad. I will be back, 
said Master Lee. I am going to get fresh bamboo from the farmer's truck. Master Lee then left through the door at the back of the cage. Darn, said Jack. We struck out. No special food here, said Annie. She looked out in the yard. And no panda either. I really want to see Bing Bing. How did this happen, said Jack. We should be working on our mission, not stuck in a cage picking up panda poop. Annie giggled. Don't worry. We'll leave soon, she said. Let's just do our job first. It's nice to help out here. Yeah, sure, said Jack. Sweep fast. Jack and Annie began sweeping up old bamboo stalks and panda droppings. Jack filled a dustpan. As he dumped everything into the trash bin, Annie gasped. I see her, she whispered. She's up in a tree. Chapter 5, Bing Bing. Annie pulled Jack to the bars of the panda house and pointed out to the yard. See, over there, she whispered. A giant panda was climbing down the trunk of a maple tree, rump first. She touched the ground, then sat up and raised her head. She was bigger than Jack had expected. Her head was the size of a basketball. Oh, wow, said Annie. She's amazing. Yeah, she is, whispered Jack. The giant panda was much more amazing in real life than in photos, Jack thought. She looked like a gigantic stuffed animal that had come alive. Her nostrils quivered as she sniffed the air. Her black ears twitched. Hello, Bing Bing, Master Lee said. Jack and Annie jumped in surprise. Master Lee pushed a cart loaded with bamboo through the back door of the cage. Can we go out in the yard and pet Bing Bing, asked Annie. Oh, no, said Master Lee. We always keep our big pandas separated from our visitors. They won't hurt you, but we don't want people intruding on their space. Really? said Annie. Pandas are not pets, said Master Lee. They are wild animals. We want them to live as naturally as possible. That makes sense, said Annie. She let out a big sigh as she stared at Bing Bing. It's just that she looks so soft and cuddly. Jack felt sorry for Annie. He knew how badly she wanted to be close to the panda. At least we get to actually see one, he said. Now that we have found Bing Bing, I have one more job for you, said Master Lee. He handed each of them clipboards with paper and pencils. I need you to record data. If she stays in view, observe her and write down every sound and movement she makes. Can you do that? Sure. Jack loves to collect data, said Annie, trying to be cheerful. And I love to watch animals. So you are true scientists. Good, said Master Lee. Now I will get more bamboo. The panda keeper dumped the cart full of bamboo onto the floor, then left Jack and Annie alone. Jack and Annie took off their gloves and observed Bing Bing through the bars. They held their pencils, ready to record data. The giant panda didn't pay any, any attention to them. She sat against the maple tree and scratched her back by rubbing it up and down the trunk. Then she scratched the top of her head with a forepaw and her belly with a hindpaw. Annie giggled. Jack wrote, scratches back, head, and belly. The panda raised a paw and scratched her nose. Jack added, and nose. The panda swatted at a fly to shoo it away. Jack wrote, swats fly. Hey, I think she's coming over here, Annie whispered. Bing Bing had stood up. She was staring in Jack and Annie's direction. Then she started moving on all fours with graceful rolling steps. She came right up to the bars of the cage, sat down, and peered at Jack and Annie. Jack held his breath. He felt as if he and Annie were zoo animals and the panda was a curious visitor observing them. 
the giant panda tilted her large head. Then she covered her eyes with her paws. Oh my gosh, Annie whispered with delight. The panda put her paws down and looked directly at Jack. He stared back into her bright, intelligent eyes. Holding her gaze, he lowered his pencil and clipboard. Jack felt as if, were, as if he were falling through time. For a moment, the panda wasn't eight years old. She was three million years old. She was filled with wisdom. She knew things he could never understand. He didn't know what to write. Words couldn't possibly capture the wonder of her. I'm back. How are you doing? Asked Master Lee. Jack snapped out of his dreamlike thoughts and turned to the panda keeper. Uh, fine, he said. How unusual that Bing Bing came so close to you, said Master Lee, walking over to them. Did you record her behavior? Silently, Jack and Annie handed them their pencils and clipboards. Annie's paper was blank, and only a few words were written on Jack's. Ah, said Master Lee with a smile. Well, if you ever come back, you can observe more. Jack nodded, but he knew he'd observed a lot, only it was more with his heart than with his head. You have to go now, said Master Lee. I saw your grandmother headed to the bus with everyone else. I'm surprised she didn't come for you. She's a little forgetful sometimes, said Annie. She turned back to the panda, who was still staring at them. Bye, Bing Bing. Bye, Bing Bing, Jack murmured, looking into the panda's eyes once again. He hated to leave. Their time together had been too short. Hurry, said Master Lee. You don't want to keep the others waiting. Master Lee ushered them out the back door of the cage and along the path. He stopped at the goldfish pond. Follow the stone path to the entrance gate. Don't forget to leave your volunteer clothes in one of the bins there. Thank you, Master Lee, said Jack. Goodbye, said Master Lee. Then he turned and headed back to Bing Bing's house. I have to admit, that was really, really great, said Jack. Ready to get back to our mission now? Yes, said Annie, but first... Let's follow the path the other way. Maybe we can get a quick peek at some more pandas. Okay, but a really quick peek, said Jack. We have to solve that riddle. Jack and Annie started down the path that led away from the main entrance. They went around a corner and stopped. Oh, wow, they said together, and then they burst into laughter. A dozen little panda cubs were playing in a huge fenced-in area. A sign said, Panda Kindergarten. The cubs were the size of chubby human toddlers. Some were swinging on rubber tires and wooden swing sets. Others were climbing logs or sliding down a slide. Some rolled in the grass while others wrestled, tumbled, or did summer, somersaults. Oh, 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 I love them, said Annie. They all look just like Rolly and Polly. I love them so much, don't you? Yeah, I do. They're really cute, said Jack, laughing. Look at those guys on the... Hey, what are you two still doing here? Someone said. Jack and Annie turned in surprise. Dr. Ling was hurrying down the path toward them. Everyone has left. Your grandmother and the rest of the group must have forgotten all about you. How irresponsible. Go, go, try to catch them. Grandma, cried Annie. She and Jack took off running. Laughing, they tore to the front entrance. They yanked off their volunteer clothes and shoes and threw them into a bin by the gate. Then they dashed across the bridge. The tour bus was turning onto the highway as Jack and Annie charged into the parking lot. Bye, Grandma, yelled Annie, waving. Jack laughed. 
Come on, he said. Let's grab our bikes and go before Sylvia gets in trouble. Jack and Annie were both laughing as they climbed on their mountain bikes and started back toward Wulong Town. The sun had come out from behind the clouds. It made the wet green fields in the valley sparkle. Not only was it a beautiful ride, Jack thought, but pedaling back to the town was a lot easier than pedaling uphill to the Panda Center. For a little while, he was able to coast without pedaling at all. I hated to leave the pandas, Annie shouted. Me too, Jack yelled back. I loved Bing Bing and the cubs and the newborn baby. But the sooner we back, get back to Wulong Town, the sooner we can help save Penny. What time do you think it is? I saw a clock near the center's entrance, said Annie. It said 2.15. That still gives us lots of time. Good, said Jack. Where will we look for that healthy, tough, round food, said Annie. I guess we need to visit more restaurants, yelled Jack. Yes, said Annie. I'm starving. Me too, said Jack. Bring on the green bean jelly and fried stinky tofu. Annie laughed. She yelled something back, but Jack didn't hear her. What did you say? He called. Before Annie could answer, a deep rumbling sound filled the air. Then the roadway trembled and buckled, and everything around them, bushes, rocks, and trees, began shaking and moving.